Uh, Today's reading is taken from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. And if you would like to follow it in your Bible, that's in the chairs, it's page 1094. This is a wonderful story about Jesus healing a lame beggar. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us, look at us. So the man gave him them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Not coming up. Oh. Right. right, as you've heard, we continue with the series on frontline concern. It's been said that some people come into our lives and simply pass through. Some linger a while and leave footprints on our hearts. What impression are we making on those we come into contact with day by day? Let's pray. Father, we pray that you will speak to each one of us individually, showing us what you want to accomplish in us and through us as we live our daily lives. Amen. Peter and John were having an ordinary day, doing what they normally did. But it turned out to be extraordinary for them and for the lame man who was healed. It was a terrible shock to the authorities. We see in the next chapter they were greatly disturbed because they thought they'd killed Jesus. He was dead, finished with. And here he was healing someone through his disciples. The crowd were full of wonder and amazement because they too thought that Jesus was dead. It was wonderful. He's actually still alive. I wonder how many of you know the chorus that us oldies used to sing years ago. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Do we believe it? He is alive. He is still healing people today. He's still doing miracles. He's still changing lives. And do we believe that as with Peter and John, on an ordinary day, 
going about our ordinary business, Jesus can touch people through us and actually change their lives in a way that makes a tremendous difference. We're going to look at it under five headings. Recognise the moving of the Spirit. Expect God to work in what I call the ordinary. Receive the power of the Spirit. Give what we have and give God the glory. So let's start with the first one. Recognise the moving of the Spirit. Jesus would have passed by that lame man many times as he went into the temple. Peter and John would have passed him a number of times and never attempted to heal him. Why is that? Well, Peter and John would have recognised that the time was right. The spirit was at work. In John 5, at the pool of Bethesda, a man was waiting for the rippling of the water so that he could be healed. And I like to use this expression for the moving of the Spirit. And when I'm praying over something, I say, Lord, help me to pick up if there's the rippling of the water. That's when the Spirit is saying, step out. Do something extraordinary. Heal. Pray for healing. Bring the gospel to this person. Challenge them. God wants to do something over and above the ordinary. And we need to recognise this is the moment. This is the rippling of the water. And we recognise it by a quickening in our own spirit. A sense of excitement. God saying, step out in faith. And when we do, he does something spectacular. But he isn't always doing spectacular things even though he's always at work. And we need to expect God to work in the ordinary. See, God isn't calling us to heal every sick person that we come into contact with. He isn't calling us to do miraculous things all the time. But he is calling us to be channels of his love and his grace into the lives of those we meet day by day. There are many people who are emotionally crippled, who are carrying deep burdens, deep hurts, sometimes from years ago, right back in the past, and they can't cope with them, and they need Jesus to come into that situation to help them. And we need to pick that up as we meet with people so that we can comfort them and encourage them and help them to see how Jesus can help them. And that means really listening to what people say to us. Sometimes we ask how people are, but we don't really listen to the answer. Many years ago, our eldest son Chris was in a church in Ipswich, and he did the mixing, what Steve's doing at the back there, with all the knobs and everything. And he was a committed member of the church. And he had a steady girlfriend whom he hoped to marry. And then suddenly, without warning, she said all sorts of horrible things to him and walked out of the relationship. And he was devastated. He went to church the following Sunday and somebody said to him, How are you, Chris? And he said, I'm falling apart inside. And this man said, Oh, good, and walked on. Didn't hear him. 
our son has never been back to church since, and that was many years ago. He's very cynical about the church. We need to listen, but we also need to pick up what's not being said by people's body language. Sometimes it's just a flicker across their eyes, perhaps a sigh, some, some little movement that shows us there's something going on here. There's a hurt here that's not being expressed. We have lots of opportunities amongst our friends, our neighbours, work colleagues, and lots of the church activities have people with, with hurts that we need to pick up. Can Jesus use me to help this person? I wanted to interview Anne Lansdale, who always comes to the first service, and she would love to have shared, but she's away this weekend. So I just want to tell you something about her relationship with the Lord. She is so sensitive to his voice in a way that I'm not. I wish I could pick up what she picks up. She might be ready to go out shopping and suddenly she feels the spirit saying, don't go yet. So she doesn't. She does other jobs and she waits and then she picks up again, go now. And so she goes and each time that happens, she bumps into somebody that just needs a touch from the Lord and she's able to help them. You see, it's not something dramatic. It's something quite ordinary that we can all be involved in. We all need to listen to that voice. I believe our aim should be to move people on in their spiritual journey, to pick up what God's doing in them and to take them the next step. And that means listening to him and listening to them, see what's going on. The year before last, when we were in Ibiza, one of the entertainment reps was called David, and he was the son of Jehovah's Witnesses. And he'd obviously been brainwashed the whole of his life. As soon as he knew we were the chaplaincy team, he wouldn't even shake hands. He walked straight past us and said, I'm an atheist. We were there about six or seven weeks. We never mentioned God to him, never mentioned Jesus, never mentioned the Bible. But at the end of the time, he came to us and he shared all his hopes and dreams for the future. He opened up his whole heart to us. And I believe that what God was doing over those weeks was tearing down the barriers, showing him that Christians are okay. And that's all we were meant to do. Now, anyone can do that, can't they? Just show people Christians are okay. And then the next stage from that, God's good. It's not a great, big, dramatic, hard thing to do. As we show love to people, that's what will come across. And it did with David. And he was totally different at the end of our time there. And I just pray that when he meets the next Christian, he'll go on the next stage. Because his heart will be open. The barriers are down. The next thing is receive the power of the Spirit. Whether God wants us to do something spectacular or just ordinary, we still need this power if we're to affect people for Jesus. <clears throat> the shadow cabinet duplicates all that the government do, but they have no authority, no power to implement anything. And many Christians are the same. They have the Holy Spirit, but he's locked deep inside and doesn't make any difference to them or to the lives of those around them. So the question is, do we have the power 
of the Spirit? Are we channels of that power to reach out and touch others? Now, we don't receive that power by simply asking for it. I read a quote some time ago, and I've written it in the front of my Bible, and I read it constantly to remind myself of it. This is what it said. We need to wait on God, not to receive power, but to be totally emptied of ourselves and vitally in touch with him, the source of all power. When we are nothing and he is everything, then the power will flow. We may not be aware of this power as we show love and encouragement to those around us. In fact, as I've said, what we do may seem very ordinary. But if Jesus is reigning in our hearts and lives, then he will touch others through us and he will change their lives bit by bit. As we saw with Peter and John, we need to give what we have. They said, I don't have silver and gold. This is what I do have. And we're only asked to give what we have. God puts us in situations where he's already equipped us to help the people we come into contact with. And if we feel really inadequate, I find it helps to look back in our own lives and remind ourselves what Jesus has done for us. And that builds up our confidence. He's done it for us, so he will do it for those around us as well. I want to share something from my own life, and it's something I don't normally share. Only a couple of people know about it. When I was, I think, about nine, over the next few years, I was raped by an older relative. He also used to bully me in all sorts of ways. And one of the ones was he used to wire things up to the electricity and then ask me to go and fetch something. And as I touched it, I get a shock. And I never knew when it was going to happen. And I was always getting these shocks. My mother and my sister didn't know what was going on. I don't know how they didn't. But this went on for a few years. And I got quite a phobia about electricity. And even when we were married, I used to touch something normal and then cry out because I thought I'd got a shock, which of course I hadn't. But I hated him because of the things he did to me. And when he was in the forces and he was sailing over to what was then called Rhodesia, I said, I hope the ship sinks, which really upset my mother, and which was a horrible thing to say. But that's how much I hated him. I've still kept in touch with him because he is is a near relative, and see him a few times a year. And the last time I saw him, I gave him a hug, and I said, I'm glad the ship didn't sink. I love him now. I can look back and I remember everything that happened, but there's no pain attached, no trauma, no anger against him, no hurt. I've been totally healed. And the reason for that is that Jesus is alive. He still heals. He still transforms us. He still changes us. And we need to believe that so that when we've been made whole, we can minister out of that wholeness to those around us who are hurting. In all this, we need to give God the glory. Peter made sure that the crowd knew it wasn't anything to do with them, 
This miracle had taken place through Jesus. And we can only be used to bless others when we desire for all the glory to go to him and none to ourselves. For many, many years now, my prayer over and over again to God is may others love Jesus more because of me. That's all I want. I want to issue a challenge. A new Christian said to her friend, you built a bridge into my life and Jesus walked across it. Are we building bridges into others' lives? Are we making friends with non-Christians and loving people into the kingdom? I want to close with a poem written as if by a new Christian who'd been touched by her friend. It's called Indwelt. Not merely in the words you say, not only in your deeds confessed, but in the most unconscious way is Christ expressed. Is it a beatific smile, a holy light upon the brow? Oh no, I felt his presence when you laughed just now. For me, it was not the truth you taught, to you so clear, to me still dim. But when you came to me, you brought a sense of him. And from your eyes he beckons me, and from your heart his love is shed, till I lose sight of you and see the Christ instead. Oh, that that might be said of each one of us by those we mix with day by day.